Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Warning, this program is going to be rated at least PG-13, maybe even R, for the gruesome truths that we will discuss here today. So I want to give you a warning right up front, especially if there are young children around. You're going to have to explain some of this to them because we are not going to pull away from the truth. What we're going to discuss here is very serious, and it's something that is actually in the news and even in the entertainment culture today. In fact, uh, just Thursday night, I saw the movie Unplanned, put together by our friends over there at Pure Flix. They're the individuals that first gave us God's Not Dead and several other movies. And uh, this movie Unplanned is the story of Abby Johnson, who used to work for Planned Parenthood as a clinic director. And then she saw something which totally changed her worldview. And if you saw what she saw, it probably would change your worldview as well. If, in fact, you hadn't hardened your heart too far at that point. And uh, the movie deals, of course, with the subject of abortion and uh, the debate that goes on in our culture about abortion. And sometimes there's actually people who have academic debates on these issues. And my friend, Dr. Mike Adams, has. In fact, he had a recent debate with an abortion doctor who claims to be a Christian, Dr. Willie Parker. And so we're going to talk to Dr. Mike Adams today. For those of you who don't know Dr. Adams, he is the uh, criminology professor down at the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. He's been on this program several times before. In fact, he, along with myself and, and Detective Jay Warner Wallace, do a program at churches around the country called Fearless Faith. And our, in fact, our next one is going to be out in Southern California in June. Uh, so you can check our calendar for that. Oh, we're going to be out near San Diego, just north of San Diego for that uh, in, uh, I think, the third week in June. Dr. Adams, myself, and uh, Detective Jay Warner Wallace. But today we're going to talk about this issue of abortion and particularly debating the issue and also this movie Unplanned. So it's great to have Dr. Mike Adams with me. Mike, how you doing? Uh, always happy to be with you, and uh, especially at a time right now when uh, lines are being drawn in the sand and this issue is uh, in the forefront of the, the national public debate. Now, Mike, you've debated Nadine Strassum, I think her name mm-hmm. was. Uh, she used right. to be the head of the ACLU, the Anti-Christian Liberties Union. Thanks. And you had a, a, a pretty uh, good exchange with her probably three or four years ago. It's up on YouTube. Right. But just a couple of months ago, here in, here in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, you debated Dr. Willie Parker. Give us a little background. Who is this guy, Parker? And how did, you, how did it come out that you debated him? How did that how did this all get organized? Well, yeah, it's interesting. Last spring, you know, I'd never heard of Willie Parker before, and he apparently had published this book called uh, Life's Work, a, a Moral Argument for Choice, in which he was claiming that he was doing abortions in the name of God, you know, that he was an inspired. Uh, he tells two different stories, by the way. He says at one point that he was inspired 
uh, by a painting that he saw of Jesus drawing, you know, the line in the sand, um, you know, the, the woman caught in adultery. He changes the story later on and says he was driving down the street and he heard uh, Martin Luther King giving a sermon on the parable of the Good Samaritan, whatever. He decides that he is is motivated for reasons of compassion to perform abortions. And, you know, what a bizarre thing to write a book about. And and then from my alma mater, Mississippi State University, in a very conservative part of the country, obviously, to invite him to speak. You know, they had started a women's studies program there at Mississippi State. And you know what happens as soon as you get one of those on your campus? They're going to have the biggest pro-abortion extremists that they can find come to the campus. Well, he did that. And there's a large Christian population there at Mississippi State University that was offended by it. And one of my former students, uh, Nick Bell, who actually is a, a Summit alum uh, and a Mississippi State alum, contacted me. And I started doing some research on the guy and made a decision to, to I was so incensed by what he was saying, to actually challenge him to come to my own university, the University of North Carolina at Wilmington, uh, in order to debate me on the issue. And so naturally, I contacted Rosho Christie, the best possible people in the world, uh, to contact for that that kind of an event. And they agreed to extend an invitation to Parker. Um, uh, he accepted it. And uh, the event just took place on February 21st. I'm very happy we did it. And it's on YouTube. And uh, we're going to have it on our blog page here, the Cross-Examined blog page here. Uh, in fact, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be up there. Uh, this uh, debate was a little over an hour and a half long, and you you both had opening statements and some rebuttals, and you had an opportunity to question one another, and then you had questions from the audience and closing statements. And this uh, Dr. Willie Parker actually claims to be a Christian, and yet he's performed by his own admission thousands of abortions. How does tens he justify this? Yeah, how, how does he yeah, justify this, Mike? Well, you know, what I did in my opening statement basically was to take a syllogism that I'd heard Scott Klusendorf uh, use. Obviously, Scott's a good friend of mine uh, who I know from Summit Ministries, and um, he coached me um, a little bit on this debate in, in, in terms of structuring and filling in some of the blanks. And I decided to approach it with a, a syllogism he's used many times, you know, that to say that it is uh, wrong to intentionally kill an innocent human being. Abortion does, in fact, intentionally kill an innocent human being, and therefore abortion is wrong. And so what I attempted to do was to attack various contradictory statements he'd made uh, in relation to both that major premise and the minor premise. And so what he's you're asking how he justifies it. Well, really in two ways. Uh, ultimately, he tries to give various incompatible answers on the question of when life begins. He tries to suggest that life is some sort of a continuous process from one generation to the next. And uh, it's very unscientific. Uh, he says very weird things in the book, suggesting that life is in a vague state between 22 and 25 weeks, uh, because ultimately he will perform abortions up until 25 weeks. So he does a very science denying approach to uh, the minor premise, which is that abortion intentionally kills an innocent human being. When it comes to the larger major premise uh, as to you know, whether it is wrong to intentionally kill uh, innocent human beings, he does what everyone does in this debate, and that is to try to posit some sort of a philosophical difference between you know, the adults we are today and the unborn children uh, we once were that would have justified killing them at that earlier stage of development. And so he relies on things such as 
size, level of development, and degree of dependency. But ultimately, if you watch that debate very carefully, he always descends into legalism. And he says, well, the unborn may be human, but they're not persons, and therefore I'm going to perform these abortions because the law will allow me to do so. And obviously it's very problematic when we attempt to equate legality with morality in a nation that once uh, approved of chattel slavery, for example. We know that's something that, that just can't be done. Right. In fact, you brought that up. You you at one point quoted Dred Scott, and here's a black man sitting next to you. And mm-hmm. Dred Scott, of course, said that blacks are only three-fifths of a person. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, look, if we dehumanize blacks, uh, as we did in Dred Scott, that's a Supreme Court decision that obviously was decided wrongly. How can you say that Roe v. Wade was decided rightly because it dehumanizes the unborn? And you pointed out, Mike, in the debate that uh, Justice Harry Blackman, who wrote Roe v. Wade, and this is a quote because I can remember this, he said, we need not determine the difficult question of when life begins, unquote. He said that in Roe v. Wade. How can you do that? Yeah. How can you make that statement and decide on abortion? It doesn't seem like you can. Yeah, well, that's really problematic for two reasons. First of all, it absolutely denies what we knew about the science of embryology Mm -hmm. uh, or about the beginning of life from the science of embryology back in 1973. But Francis Beckwith does the best job of pointing out the even bigger difficulty. Uh, The Supreme Court said that the right to choose that a woman has is inextricably bound to the question of when life begins. So if you say you don't know when humanity begins, you don't know when reproductive rights begin. That's right. And we're talking to my friend, Dr. Mike Adams. And I said this is going to be rated PG-13 or maybe even R. You'll see why here uh, in one of the next couple of segments. You're not going to want to miss it because it's important, as difficult as it is to listen to. But I'm Frank Turek. We're back in just two minutes with my friend, Dr. Mike Adams. Don't touch that dial. Thank you for listening to the Cross-Examine Podcast. This material is made available to you for free by the contributions of listeners like you. If you wish to support future podcasts, just go to crossexamine.org and click on the Donate button, or simply use the Donate feature directly on our app. Thanks. If you can't determine when life begins, then how can you say that abortion should be legal all nine months of pregnancy, which is basically what Roe v. Wade and its sister case, Doe v. Bolton, said back in 1973. We're debating that issue today, or at least discussing a debate regarding it with my friend Dr. Mike Adams. And of course, the new movie Unplanned is out. By the way, I went to this movie on Thursday night. There were only two seats left in the theater by the time my wife and I got there, or maybe four seats. We got two of them. And uh, so it's being seen by a lot of people. And let me just say... Unplanned is not a perfect movie, but it's an important and moving movie. It's well done. Uh, And I think nearly every person who sees it, look, if you're on the fence on abortion, it's going to, I think if you're open, it's going to push you to the pro-life camp. If you're pro-life, it's going to further affirm that. If you're pro-abortion right now, it's going to, unless your heart is totally hardened, it's going to really rock your world because if if just half of what this movie depicts is true, and it is, uh, abortion is not something anyone should want to support. And uh, Dr. Mike Adams, my friend here, has debated uh, an abortion doctor who has really 
performed thousands of abortions, as we'll see here in just a few minutes. We're going to have a, uh, a clip from the debate. Uh, but, Mike, as we were talking before the debate, not before the debate, before the break, <laughs> before the break, uh, Roe v. Wade basically said, we don't need to figure out when life begins. And you pointed out that that uh, that Willie Parker, the Christian abortion doctor, is trying to make a distinction between a human being and a person. Now, he admits that killing a human being is what abortion does, but he says it's not wrong because because the the human being in the womb is not a person. Unpack that for us. Why is that a false distinction? Well, he's just saying that, uh, uh, you know, he's making a legalistic argument. I would say the big problem with it is it is completely irrelevant to the debate, because if you take a look at the debate question is printed right there on the introduction uh, and the preview to the YouTube video. The question is not whether abortion is legal. The question is whether abortion is moral. You know, actually, an example that I gave during the debate was the 1927 case of Buck versus Bell. There was a, a law in the state of Virginia uh, that said that that mentally handicapped individuals uh, could be forcibly sterilized against their will. And that case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, certainly no Christian by any stretch of the imagination and a legal positivist, uh, he, he simply said that three generations of imbeciles are enough. Boy, mm -hmm. did that come back to haunt us. You know, when that right. quote was was brought up again later on, as Justice Jackson was uh, was presiding over the Nuremberg trials, uh, the Nazi uh, defense attorneys uh, raised to that uh uh, Spectre. They actually uh, brought out that quote and said, listen, you can't condemn us for eugenics because that's legal in the United States of America. Isn't that incredible? Hmm. Uh, so that was just a, a good example of how that distinction uh, just simply doesn't hold sway. You know, there's a line in the movie Unplanned where the the woman, Abby Johnson, comes out of the clinic and she comes out to the protesters who who line the fence surrounding this uh this abortion clinic in Bryan, Texas, and they're always out there praying. Some of them are are rude, but some of them are just Christians who are out there praying. And um, she comes out and she is trying to berate one of the pro-lifers. And she says something like, uh, look, there were people fighting for the rights of slaves. There were people fighting for the rights of the Jews in the Holocaust. There were people fighting for the civil rights of black people. And I'm just fighting for the rights of of these women who have a right to, to choose, she said. And the, the pro-lifer out there said, well, in every case you just brought up, uh, Abby, slavery, the Holocaust and civil rights, all those things were being done. Those evils were being done. Slavery, the Holocaust and, and discrimination, racial discrimination were being done because we dehumanized people. And that's what you're doing to the unborn right now. They're dehumanizing <laughs> them. Absolutely. And, and so Absolutely. that was a very good line from the movie Unplanned. And it seems like Willie Parker, this so-called Christian abortion doctor in, in your debate with him, was trying to dehumanize people, which he admits are human beings. But he's trying to put a label on them, a legal label to say that they're not persons. Now, how did you handle that during the debate? What did you say to him? I, I know you said you rejected the distinction between between a human being and a person. What else did you say about that? Well, it's very interesting because he brought that up in the cross-examination portion in which he was saying that I noticed that you didn't use the term person. 
Well, actually, I did. If you go back, and people should watch the debate and watch the uh, uh, the intro, because the intro was very tight on that particular issue. I, I went in there and I said, first of all, we need to establish the minor premise about the humanity of the unborn, because that's the thing that people first attack from the pro-choice perspective. But I said, after we've done that, and people then retreat to the more difficult uh, uh, task of, of, of trying to say, well, they're not persons. There's this philosophical difference between the human and the person. What I did in the opening stages actually was to rely upon some quotations from Nancy Piercy from her recent book, Love Thy Body, because I thought she just put it very succinctly. She said that the fundamental distinction between the pro-choice position and the pro-life position is that pro-choicers will try to say that once you become human, you're not a person because somehow you're excluded until you, you kind of prove that you can do something. I mean, you have to acquire some sort of a function out there that gives you value. But the distinction uh, uh, from our, our position, from the pro-life position, is that everyone's included. That from the point that you scientifically become a human being, you're in. You have the full rights and full status of a full member of the moral community. And the reason why I started off that way is you notice what Nancy Piercy is doing is she is using their language of inclusion against them. And I just thought what was odd was that when we got to the point of cross-examination where I went first and Parker went second, he acted as if um, – he didn't even listen to my opening statement. And so I just reiterated that I refused to accept the distinction and that allowed him to eventually stutter and stammer and, and, and sputter and fizzle out uh, as he sort of repeated himself and was unable to come up with uh, a philosophical justification that I hadn't already dealt with. Well, scientifically, as you point out in the debate, we're talking to Dr. Mike Adams about his recent debate with a medical abortion doctor. Do those things go together? I don't know. If he, is he an MD, Mike? Is he an MD? Oh, yes. Okay, yes, so oh, he's yes. an MD. Okay, so he's an abortion doctor. Now, you don't need to be an MD anymore in New York, tragically, to do abortions because uh, Governor Cuomo up there decided that uh, he's going he's gonna to make it less safe for women to get abortions. And, and I guess because he wants more abortions to happen, so now you don't even have to be a doctor. In any, way, in any event, right. uh, Dr. Willie Parker tried to draw an artificial distinction between a human being, which we know, as you pointed out, scientifically happens at the moment of conception. And this this kind of invented category known as a person in the sense that there's a distinction between a human being and a person. And you pointed out, no, if, if you're a human being, if you have if genetically you're a human being, you are a person. This just allows them to dehumanize people by using the term person, even though we would normally say the term person would 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 humanize someone. In this case, they're dehumanizing them by saying, well, they're not a person because they don't have certain functions. Well, look, uh, and a child who is, uh, you know, 10 days old doesn't have much function to, to to him or her at that point either. So how does functionality, if he if he uses functionality to determine whether somebody is a person, a 10 a 10 week old baby, maybe even a 10 month old baby doesn't have much function. So how would he deal with that objection? Uh, well, you know, most don't deal with it honestly. They just ignore it. The only person I know who regularly uh, deals with that honestly, who is a famous pro-choice philosopher, is Peter Singer. Uh, uh -huh. He recognizes that when you sit there and talk about things like size, level of development, a degree of dependency, that those justifications for abortion also will justify infanticide. And so at least he says it 
and he tries to uh, Parker does what most pro-choicers do, and that is simply try to ignore the implications of his argument. Mm-hmm. Well, there's just some people out there that can't handle the truth. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, he can't handle the truth, apparently, Mike. You gave him the truth, and he didn't want to handle it. He wanted to go his own way. And let me just say right up front that every one of us in our lives have done this and have probably, or maybe even doing it now, that we suppress the truth and unrighteousness. We want to go our own way. We want certain things that we can't have by doing things rightly, so we sin. We suppress the truth to do our own thing, and Paul un. un unpacks this beautifully in Romans chapter one, verses 18 to 32, that we suppress the truth to get what we want. And I'm not saying this in a condemning way. Well, if I am, I'm condemning myself too, because we all do this. We all suppress the truth to go our own way. And Mike, it's got to be enormously tempting for a person who has an unwanted pregnancy to take the easy way out, what they think is the easy way out of an unwanted pregnancy. And this, by the way, was beautifully illustrated in this movie, Unplanned. I mean, the, temp- the temptation is so great because it seems like the weight of a difficult and unwanted future can be lifted off of you right. in what is described as a short and safe medical procedure. Unfortunately, as you know, it's a lot more complicated than that. It's not just a medical procedure. Uh, it's like sex itself. It, it, the act just isn't physical. It's emotional. It's psychological. It's moral. It's spiritual. There's, it's so much, so much so that abortion has massive long-term negative implications, obviously for the baby, but also for the father, the mother, and society as a whole. And we're going to get into that here as we go further. Now, right after the break, we're going to play this, Mike, but you decided to be very graphic with uh, with this in this debate with with Dr. Willie Parker, the abortion doctor, what did you show and what did you say? Uh, I actually, first of all, in my opening statement, I had shown a short clip that Scott Klusendorf uses all the time, which is on caseforlife.com, which just shows abortions after seven weeks, 10 weeks and 24 weeks. Uh, but then in the cross-examination, I decided to use graphic quotes from Justice Kennedy when he denied them. Uh, denied that they were medically accurate, I actually pulled out an abortion manual, which was written by Dr. Warren Hearn, and uh, it describes in graphic detail the kind of DNA procedures uh, that he uh, actually uses uh, and relies upon in his daily practice. And I read directly from a how-to manual on how to perform abortions. And at that point, Dr. Willie Parker was absolutely trapped. Well, what we're going to do is right after the break, we're going to play that clip for you. The debate between Dr. Michael Adams, my guest today, and Dr. Willie Parker, the so-called Christian abortion doctor. We're going to play the clip that Dr. Adams uh, actually read. He read from uh, a Supreme Court decision and from an abortion doctor's manual or book that describes what happens during an abortion. That's why it's going to be rated PG-13, if not R. So don't go away. By the way, tomorrow I'm going to be up in Barrie, Ontario, B-A-R-R-I-E, Ontario, Canada, O Canada. So if you're anywhere near there, I'd love to see you. All the details are on our website, crossexamine.org, and we're back in just two minutes. Don't go away. College campuses are hostile to the Christian faith, and three out of four young people walk away from the church once they go to college. That's why we go to college campuses and present I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist in the United States and even all over the world. When we do this, 
We don't charge students a dime. That's why we need your financial support. In fact, over the past couple of years, we've been able to grow dramatically because of your generous support. And 100% of your donations go to ministry. Zero percent go to building. So when you give to Cross-Examined, you'll be giving to help us go reach young people where they are. Would you consider giving today? Thank you so much, and thank you so much for what you've done already. What is life's compass? Do you have a true compass for your life, a true direction? Do you know what the essentials of the Christian faith are and how to follow them? I'm actually going to be teaching a new online course called Life's Compass, Jesus, You, and the Essentials of the Faith. All the details are on our website. If you go to crossexamine.org and click on online courses, uh, you can uh, see what it's all about. We're going to answer questions like what's wrong with the world? What is the Bible all about? What's the evidence that God created the universe? How do faith and works relate? How do faith and reason relate? What are six mistakes we make when interpreting the Bible? What are the essentials of salvation? What do you need to do to be saved? And so many more Essentials. This is actually a 17-hour online course, and if you take the premium version, you'll be online live with me via Zoom video for seven Q&A sessions. It starts in early May, but you got to sign up before we run out of seats. We try and keep the class small enough so you can uh, interact with me and the other people in the class. Uh, so sign up quickly. Go to crossexamine.org. Click on online courses. Again, the course is called Life's Compass, Jesus, You, and the Essentials of the Faith. How do you get a true compass, the compass that God has set for us so we cannot waste our life and live a life that will know God and make him known? And we're going to cover so much in this course. I, you know, I've been to church so many times and I've never really heard anybody go over the essentials of the faith. And that's what this is really about. It's not just the essentials of belief, but also how do we defend the Christian faith so we can share it with others. So check that all out on our website, crossexamine.org. Let me now get back to my friend, Dr. Mike Adams. We're talking about a debate he had with Dr. Willie Parker and uh, he, Dr. Willie Parker, a Claims to be a Christian, but it's performed thousands of abortions. And Mike, you not only showed a video of a aborted baby that uh, that Scott Klusendorf has shown many times in his uh, abortion debates, but you then described an abortion uh, procedure from Dr. Warren Hearn. Now, who is Dr. Warren Hearn? Well, you know, it's interesting. I actually started uh, during during the uh, cross-examination by bringing up uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy in one of the Carhartt decisions that dealt with the issue of partial birth abortion. Mm -hmm. For some reason, Kennedy decided in the dissent in the first case uh, to come along and actually quote uh, and not only talk about DNX procedures, which is uh, 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 partial birth abortion, but also D&E procedure, which is dilation and evacuation. Those are earlier. Those are the kinds that Willie Parker performs. And in that quotation from a Supreme Court case, Kennedy describes the uh, D&E procedure as one that involves slow and methodical dismemberment in which a living fetus slowly bleeds to death. So uh, I actually read that to Willie Parker, and he said that's not medically accurate. Well, actually— Let's well, I'm going to play it here in just a minute. He I know he said it's not medically accurate, Mike, but then he went on to say, but right, dismemberment right. 
does happen. So how is it not medically accurate? Yeah, oh, he contradicts himself in a lot of ways. And so, <laughs> but you'll notice what happens then is I said, oh, okay, well, you're, he was trying to suggest, well, that's just a lawyer and that's mm. not a doctor speaking. Mm. So I had read the entire book, Abortion Practice by Warren Hearn. You should have seen the crazy looks that I was getting in coffee shops the month before this debate. Where <laughs> I'm reading an abortion manual in public, you know, and I'm like, no, really, I'm, well, I'm not one of those guys. You know, I'm, I, I'm on the right side. But then as I started to read from that, the truth became undeniable, didn't mm. it? Well, let's uh, and, and let me set it up right now. Uh, yeah. I mentioned at the top of the show this program is at least PG-13, if not R. So if you have young people listening you're going to have to explain to them what's going on when we're done here. But this is a four-minute clip. You need to listen to the entire thing. It's Dr. Mike Adams questioning so-called Christian abortion doctor Willie Parker on abortion. Here it is. Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy, who consistently rules in favor of upholding the major provisions of Roe versus Wade, described DNA abortions this way. The fetus in many cases dies just as a human adult or child would. It bleeds to death as it is torn limb from limb. The fetus can be alive at the beginning of the dismemberment process and can survive for a time while its limbs are being torn off. My question is, do you feel the slightest bit of sympathy for the human beings that you subject to this procedure? Uh, first of all, Dr. Ken, uh, Justice Kennedy is not a physician, and uh, what he described as an abortion procedure um, was not an accurate description. There is dismemberment involved, uh, but I am no more or less sympathetic to the process that I'm doing than I am to the woman that I'm doing it for. When I do an abortion, I am clear what she has asked me to do for her. Mm -hmm. I'm clear that she's asked me to remove a fetus from her. I'm clear that in your terms, it is intentional killing of a fetus. And But because it is not uh, a person, that is why if you were to call uh, the police on a day that I'm doing abortions, they won't come because abortion is not murder. So. I have sympathy for the person that I need to have sympathy for and empathy and compassion, and that is the woman for whom I'm doing uh, the procedure. If I uh, okay. had moral misgivings about what I was, what, I what I was doing, it would, it would be uh, difficult for me to do it. I understand. Okay, well, then, if, if that, okay, my, my first one wasn't accurate, my second one's not accurate. Let's keep trying. Um, let's go to abortion Dr. Warren Hearn, who has written the book Abortion Practice. Let's see what he has to say. On page 142 of his book, uh, he describes doing a DNA abortion in which he says, as the skull is grasped, a sensation that it is collapsing is almost always accompanied by the expulsion of white brain matter from the skull. Is that accurate? That is accurate. That is accurate. Okay. And you perform DNA procedures? I do. Okay. So when you crush a human skull, it's not really gray matter, it's white brain matter that oozes out? What's your point? No, I'm asking you a question. Is, is the brain matter that oozes out when you crush a human skull white? What does it matter? What does it matter? Yes, what does it matter? <laughs> I, I, I get you're going for theatrics and uh, you made your for, point. I, I am going for medical accuracy okay. because you said I wasn't. Okay. 
So I went to an abortion manual. That's okay. what I did. So I responded to your criticism. You describe what I do. So what is your point? My point is that it intentionally kills an innocent human being. Would you concede the point? It inten I started my, my, my first concession was to your first two syllogisms, okay. that abortion uh, kills a human being. It is the intentional disruption of a pregnancy that kills a human being. I, I made the distinction and why, that's why I asked you to be more precise in your definition okay. of why you say abortion kills a human being, but you've never okay. said abortion kills a person. Okay, well, you, you can ask me about that when you ask questions. Just one, one final question. How many innocent human beings have you intentionally killed in your life's work? I don't know. I don't measure You've lost my count. work. I, I don't. Uh, You've lost I don't, count. Uh, if it's a million. 10,000? 20,000. 20,000? What's the difference? What's the difference yes, what's between 20,000 and 30,000? Yeah, no. 10,000 dead human beings. Okay. That's the difference. Okay. Mike. Wow. How, how did the audience respond to that exchange, do you think? I, uh haven't heard that since since that evening and um boy i am thankful um that i was told to do research on this guy heavily before i got into it because i had found some similar exchanges there where he'd said what what's the difference and i was able then to to lead him exactly where i wanted to lead him and i do remember on a few occasions looking out at the audience and there was a little bit of gasping going on at one point in the audio you can hear an audience reaction there and uh, that was where just the, the point in the debate, it was just classic. Uh, the line was being drawn in the sand. Uh, I'm very thankful also for, for, by the way, for Seth Dreyer of Created Equal for taking that exchange and compressing it into a good two-minute video that's made the rounds on the internet because it really defines the reality of the horror that we're dealing with, doesn't it, Frank? Yeah, and this is why it really puzzles me that someone who claims to be a Christian or maybe just a human being would do this over and over again. Well, maybe it shouldn't puzzle me because this is what Paul talks about in Romans chapter one, that we can suppress the truth to the point where our thinking becomes futile. And not only does our thinking become futile, we get to the point where God gives us up to our own desires to the point that then in verse 32 of Romans chapter one, he says, not only do we continue to do these things, we give hearty approval to those that practice them. And you actually played another video in this debate. And we're mm, talking to yes. Dr. Mike Adams, his debate yes. with Dr. Willie Parker, of Willie Parker applauding somebody who was celebrating her abortion. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. I mean, no matter what you think about abortion, it's not something to be applauded. But this mm -hmm. guy's actually applauding it. Now, that was commented on frequently by watchers of the debate, by the way, that moment. Yes. Uh, now, you've taken some criticism. Let's let's get this out on the table, too, Mike, because, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. you know, in, in today's culture, we think Jesus was a sweet guy who's never said a bad word about anyone. And the problem is, is that we don't read the scriptures to see that Jesus took a whip and jacked up people in the temple in Mark chapter two. I mean, in, in John chapter two, in John chapter eight, he uh, he called the Pharisees who should have known better. Your father is the devil. That's what he said to them. And then, of course, in Matthew 23, he excoriated them for neglecting the weightier matters of the law. In other words, he wasn't Mr. Nice Guy all the time. And you have taken criticism about this debate because you were not as winsome as you needed to be. Mike, how do you respond? 
What's interesting is that I have not heard a single criticism of a single substantive argument that I made in the debate from any pro-lifer or pro-choicer. Literally, I have zero communications from people saying you were wrong about this point. 100% of the criticism, and it's not been that much, but but it's been significant enough for me to comment on it. Um, it has been generally some younger Christians, and often it's the young Christian male who's about 20 years old saying, you weren't gracious enough, you were too aggressive, and you needed to be more winsome. Uh, what I would do is I would suggest two things. Number one is that those who make that criticism actually watch both the Adams-Parker debate and the Adams-Nadine Strawson debate, and they will recognize that there is a huge distinction in the way that I deal with them. I am acting like a friend of Nadine Strawson, but I am acting like an, clearly an aggressive adversary with Willie Parker. The second thing they need to do is ask, why would I treat them differently and reflect upon what scripture has to say about that? And it's very clearly there is a Pharisee, uh, a lost in Pharisee distinction that needs to be followed that has a biblical basis. We're talking to Dr. Mike Adams, his debate with abortion doctor, Christian abortion doctor, Willie Parker is on our website on the blog, crossexamine.org. You need to see it. That exchange, which we just played, you can see uh, in the later portion of the debate when they got a chance to question one another. More with Dr. Adams in just a minute. Don't go away. If you find value in the content of this podcast, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find more. Just type cross-examine or Frank Turek on the search bar. Also, visit our website where we add new videos, articles, and free resources daily. I mentioned at the top of this program that something happened in the movie Unplanned. Well, in the life of Abby Johnson, that's really what the movie is about, where she saw something that completely changed her worldview. What she saw was not an abortion directly. She was in the room when an abortion took place. But what she saw was sonogram of the baby being aborted and the baby trying to get away from the abortion device that the doctor had stuck up the uterus of the woman. The baby was trying to survive, trying to get away, and she saw the baby struggling to run away. And that visual completely changed her worldview. She also saw then the baby being sucked up in uh, into a device. You just saw a lot of blood in the movie getting sucked mm -hmm. into this container. And that visual really helped change her viewpoint on abortion. Now, recall when this happened, and this is a true story, she was the director of the Planned Parenthood Clinic, and she hadn't seen an abortion done. Now, Mike, we're talking to Dr. Mike Adams. Mike, sometimes people say, don't show pictures. It just, it just turns people off. Just talk about the facts. But there's something about visuals that can move people, and the visuals are the truth. So, what do you say about using visuals? You obviously use them. Why? Well, it goes back to uh, Emmett Till. You know, I teach a course at UNC Wilmington called Trials of the Century when I talk about some of the most important trials in American history. One of those is Emmett Till, who was 14 years old and brutally lynched uh, when he was uh, staying with his uh, uncle in Mississippi in 1955, whistled at a white woman, probably asked her out on a 
uh, on a date. He was apprehended in the middle of the night and absolutely brutally lynched. And what's interesting about that case is, you know, obviously, you know, the, the white jury let the guys go and that was a, a, a tragedy. But the bigger, bigger, bigger deal that comes from the case is that the mother was so incensed, she demanded an open casket funeral. And people such as Rosa Parks actually looked at that and decided, you know, Rosa Parks, that caused her to uh, refuse to comply with the uh, segregated bus law. You know, you remember, she wouldn't give up her seat in Montgomery just two months after that verdict. And it really exposed the horror of what lynching is. And no one would look at Mrs. Till in that case and say that she had done something immoral because she had shown how graphic uh, that lynching was. So why doesn't that same logic apply to the issue of abortion as well? Uh, We can uh, definitely show people what this thing is and make sure that they understand what they're supporting. That's what happened to Abby Johnson. I know for a fact that there were students at my debate who watched that film who walked out afterwards and said, I can't support abortion anymore because previously I did not know what it was, and now I do. I know it's effective. It changed my heart as well. Well, when you see your debate, because you're going to show a video of the remains, basically the remains of an aborted child, and then you're also going to describe what an abortion actually is, which we we just played the clip in the last segment. So when they watch your debate with Dr. Willie Parker, that will be helpful. And if they go see the movie Unplanned, that will be helpful as well, mm-hmm. because the truth is there. A lot of people, of course, can't handle the truth. And so they don't want to they don't want to see it. They want to suppress it. They want to go their own way. But once you know the truth, if your heart isn't completely hardened, if you're not on the other side of Romans chapter one, if you're not on the dead side of Romans chapter one, if you're still, if your heart is still redeemable, mm-hmm. once you know the truth, I don't think you'll have an opportunity to support abortion anymore. I think your heart will be changed if you really look at the facts. Now, there was an abortionist by the name of Bernard Nathanson that was mm-hmm. that his worldview was changed as well. How so, Mike? Can you explain what happened to Bernard Nathanson? Yeah, Bernard was uh, Jewish, but uh, uh, only ethnically Jewish. He was an atheist and living in Manhattan and not only living in Manhattan, but he was also presiding over an abortion clinic there. I mean, I, I think that abortion clinic probably presided over 100,000 abortions, probably. But he performed them personally as well. Uh, he even got one of his girlfriends pregnant and aborted his own child. Uh, but then, uh, as ultrasound technology began to develop, he actually saw a detailed uh, you, you know, uh, uh, sonogram of uh, ultrasound uh, of it actually taking place. And he also saw something similar to Um, what uh, Abby Johnson had seen, he noticed that it was more than a reflexive reaction. There was this active attempt of the unborn to get away from the medical instruments. And so he converts not only on the uh, issue of life, but he also becomes a Catholic and he becomes one of the greatest uh, pro-life apologists in the history of this country. And he made a film called Silent Scream back in 1983 Ten years after that, when I was a pro-choicer, a good family friend of ours by the name of Lisa Chambers, uh, the, the best fam- family friend we've ever had, was concerned about my spiritual well-being, sat me down and talked to me about the abortion issue for only 10 minutes. And she described that film and said, you know, I would urge you to go watch The Silent Scream. What do you think happened? I watched it a couple of times, and eventually I changed my mind. 
and became not only the advisor of the pro-life club at UNC Wilmington, I travel the country and speak on the issue of abortion and do these debates simply because one person had reached out to me for 10 minutes and knew that they had to get down to the central issue of what is abortion? What does it do? And that involves the central question, is the unborn human? Now, Mike, Planned Parenthood, we still fund them. Why? Oh, my goodness. Uh, why? Well, you know, we I, I am amazed at just the the lack of uh, a, a truly Christian conservative political party here in this country that can really, you know, advance truth. I, I don't mean by imposing religion upon people, but by advancing true Judeo-Christian uh, principles out there. I, I've been shocked by uh, the lack of strength. Uh, and, you know, I'm referring to the Republicans, obviously. The Democrats sure. are all in in favor, obviously, uh, of right. abortion. But but the Republicans have really failed uh, on on this issue. Uh, we should not uh, be funding them at all. You know, they make the argument, of course, that uh, uh, Planned Parenthood comes along and says, well, it's only a small percentage at the time. Uh, you know, 3% that we're actually dedicating to abortions. But uh, I'm certain that the Nazi party, uh, you know, only spent about 3% of their time actually incinerating Jews. I mean, seriously, it's an offensive, offensive argument that they're using. Mm. And I can't give a rational answer except to say that cowardice rules the day um, mm. in American politics. And I think probably it goes back to the church continuing to not understand the connection between uh, what they do on Sundays, you know, and the political uh, arena. Mm -hmm. And by the way, friends, this this is not a, 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 just a religious argument to say that you're against abortion. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to legislate religion. We're not trying to tell people where, when, how, or if to worship. We're not trying to tell them they have to be a part of a certain church or any. We're not trying to legislate religion. We are legislate morality, and that's what everybody's trying to do. In fact. The other side on this issue thinks a woman has a moral right to choose. Well, look, if, the, if God doesn't exist, there, there is no right to anything. There's no moral right to anything. There's no moral right to abortion. There's no moral right to life. There's no moral right to anything if God doesn't exist. That's why I just find it incredibly audacious that a doctor, Willie Parker, who claims to be a Christian, could claim that a woman has a right to an abortion. Well, where is he? he? He actually thinks God wants people to abort their own children, Mike? Is that really the case? Yeah, well, it actually gets worse than that because he says that there are absolutely no moral absolutes in his book. And so uh, it gets wait, down wait, to wait. him. There, there are yeah. no moral absolutes in his book, but he thinks a woman has an absolute moral right to choose an abortion. How does that, how does that compute? It is. I, I will tell you honestly. Um, only read his book if you're a debater, <laughs> and uh, you need to really understand uh, their position. But it is an absolutely incoherent worldview, and the book just reads like you know Ulysses by James Joyce. It's stream of consciousness, and he seems to forget on one page what he wrote on the last one. So uh, there is no rational analysis because these folks have not only abandoned God. Uh, and the tradition of Jerusalem, the Judeo-Christian tradition, but they've really abandoned Athens as well and the whole idea mm. of rational logic. Yeah, and you'll see it in the debate. The debate is between my my friend and uh, guest today, Dr. Mike Adams. You can see it on our website, crossexamine.org, with a, a man who claims to be a Christian, Dr. Willie Parker, uh, who's, de who's actually 
aborted thousands. Tens of, of thousands. Uh, yep. Tens of thousands. It's by his own admission. Now, mm-hmm. I'm questioning how this guy could be a Christian if he doesn't believe in moral absolutes, because... <laughs> If there are no moral absolutes, there's no such thing as sin. If there's no such thing as sin, then Christianity is irrelevant because there's nothing to be saved from. We we, we shouldn't get any punishment for anything we've done. Right, right. This entire entire worldview that this gentleman holds is just irrational. And and it's even Uh, worse than that because in the book he says there is no right version of Christianity nor any right interpretation of Scripture. And what do you think he does after that? He says, I do abortions mm. because of the Good Samaritan. He's quoting Scripture. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. Mike, Mike, this is just – now, we we have to say this and we should say this. If you've had an abortion, there's forgiveness under the cross of Christ. Not just abortion, any sin. That's the whole point. That, mm-hmm. that Christ can save you from anything you've done. We're not here to condemn you if you've had an abortion. Uh, we're here to ensure that people who who are thinking of having an abortion won't do it because right. it's right. not only immoral, but it's going to create all sorts of trouble for you in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we're running out of time here. So we don't have time to get in all those implications of abortion, negative implications. But there are mm-hmm. plenty of people wanting to adopt. If you don't want the, ch- the child, then then you'll be able to find somebody who, who will. Mike, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more? Uh, well, I uh, write for the Daily Wire. And uh, you can also follow my Twitter account, Mike S. Adams. Uh, and in addition to that, I've got a Facebook public page. So every time I publish an article with the Daily Wire, it's out there. And uh, and please also just uh, Google Mike Adams abortion on uh, YouTube just to see uh, uh, various speeches and uh, debates I've done on the issue. I'd appreciate it. All right. That's my friend, Dr. Mike Adams. Mike, thanks for being on the show and for all the great work you're doing. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Dr. Mike Adams. I'll be with him and Detective Jay Warner Wallace out in Southern California in June. Also, I'll be in Ontario uh, tomorrow, Sunday. And don't forget about the Essentials course coming up next month. You'll see it at crossexamine.org. Click on online courses. See you next week, friends. God bless. We hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. If you think our podcast needs to reach more people, here's what you can do to help. Go to iTunes and type cross-examined official podcast, four words in the search bar, and leave us a five-star rating. It'll take you less than five seconds. And if you have a few more seconds to spare, leave us a positive review. The best reviews will be featured on future episodes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. God bless. God bless.